Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, we have the live interactive draft workshop tonight. Vegas is one week away. Can you believe it? Here we go. Uh, hey, uh, I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Scream from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need the same music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. Broken, the school's closed, the prison's open We ain't got nothing to lose Everybody we rolling uh, Everybody we rolling One bleeds red And one bleeds blue Two friends One heated rival It's intense It's no holds barred It's game time on Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike.
But uh, in the next week or so, uh, it's going to be so exciting uh, for all you guys that's uh, going to be competing in the FFPC. Uh, where do these guys go? I'm looking at the draft board right now, and it's a lot of fun, and it's changed, and it's getting a little different uh, with the uh, with the signing of uh, uh, with the signing of uh, Chris Johnson, and uh, you know that's made things change a little bit. We've uh, we've got the crew here in the chat room at Red versus Blue. We affectionately call the crew comprised of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. A lot of the guys are on location. They're traveling. They're in their plane. They're in the cars. They're heading to the hotels, or they're already there. Drafting and showing up in these multi-city events, the National Fantasy Football Championship, $100,000 top prize. Next Thursday, we kick it off at the FFPC, $200,000 top prize, over 660 teams. We've got the local Wintergreen Way League here draft at 5 o'clock on Sunday, Mike. And uh, everything is just culminating here with this uh, with this workshop here. We're going to put this together at the FFPC. We're all just going to play around with this right now. We've got Jeff Pasquino joining us from footballguysanddynastyguys.com. Jeff will be with us, and so will John Haskell, the FFPC grand champion last year, $200,000 richer. He'll be with us tonight. I'm sorry, $100,000 richer last year, 200 this year. Can he become the first ever repeat main event champion? We'll find out tonight. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring Jeff and John both onto the platform. Uh, Jeff, you are live now in the switch room, uh, the switchboard. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, Scott, how are you doing tonight? And probably like you, a life like Christmas right now, you know? So uh, we've got a lot going on. Your boy Jamie Harper, I thought he was going to be uh, the 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 next great thing here, man. It's going to take a couple years for him to, to get his place or what? Well, you heard it here first, right? I told you guys that, you know, that's the guy to keep an eye on, and I wasn't wrong. You were absolutely right. He looked absolutely fantastic. I thought no way. I thought Javon Ringer would have that job, but it put the question in my mind. And I always came back to the show thinking, man, Pasquino was ahead of uh, everybody on the Jamie Harper call, so kudos to you. I'm going to bring in John Haskell now. Uh, John, are you with me? Yeah, I'm here, Scott. Thanks for having me. Man, this is going to be fantastic. I've got the draft board set up here. Hopefully you guys can see it. Mike is on here. We're all going to do a little bit of interactive draft board. We've already started off with the first five picks. It doesn't matter what order it is. Ray Rice, Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy. This is where it gets interesting. We're going to do this workshop tonight to give you guys, the listeners, a kind of a feel for what it's going to be like when you're on the clock. And so we'll just kind of bounce around, make some picks, give some commentary as to why we would do that, and we'll move on. Uh, that's kind of the format that we're going to do at the, the kickoff party. So I figured let's just, let's just try it out tonight, get our feet wet with it a little bit, and, uh, hey, let's have some fun. So, uh, John, I'm going to start with you. You are the uh, the, the defending champion. Of the, by the way, what did you do with that money, man? What did you, what'd you do when you got that $100,000 check? Did you, did you show the wife and you said, ha? Oh, yeah, she definitely had a, uh, a, a say in how it was spent. <laughs> yeah, they always, they always find a way. Yeah, they no, uh, way. you know, it's a, it was life-changing money. Uh, we got ourselves back in, you know, Back in the black and, and out of debt and uh, put some away and, and uh, obviously save some for for this year's season. Um, it was a it was a nice deal. Well, it's always nice to win, John. And uh, the one thing about it is uh, 
it's not just about winning one year; it's about uh, repeating. And uh, how, how you feel? How you feel? You're looking at uh, repeating. Oh God, I tell you, there's just you know, with, with the contest doubling and in, in entries this year, and and uh, the quality of players, I just got to think it's it's uh, it'd be almost impossible to do. Not that I wouldn't like to do it, but uh, there's just there's just too many too many good players. You can do it, man. You can do it. You can be the first one. We're going to root for you. Uh, <laughs> Thank Sorry, John. 347-324-5404 is the number. I want to get that in. Uh, we are streaming live on uh, Blog Talk Radio. We're streaming live on FSC.FM, TheFantasySportsChannel.com. Mark Ronick and the guys, they keep us rolling. They keep the lights on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We also stream live on iTunes Radio. Red Person Blue is on iTunes Radio. Uh, on your iPod or your MP3 player, you can download us. You can check it out anytime throughout the week. Uh, but we've got the first five picks up. Those are the easy ones. If you have the sixth pick, I want to know, John, right now, uh, no cuts, no glory, one and a half points per reception, dual flex league. Uh, what do you do with the sixth pick? Uh, I'm going to go Mendenhall. Wow. All right, we've got him on the board. Mendenhall's a nice, safe running back. Uh, great schedule, right? Is that the reason? He's got an awesome schedule, uh, and his playoff schedule is even better. Um, I like I like the way the Steelers have, uh, have set things up this year, and uh, and I really think they're gonna they're gonna push him the ball. Well, we saw what a schedule can do for uh, running backs last year with Jamal Charles. Uh, that's the question uh, that, you know, Mike, I went ahead and let Mike take the number two pick. Because, you know, the first five picks is, is kind of up in the air, but Mike did decide on the number two pick being Jamal Charles. I'm going to pull it to Jeff Pasquino now. Jeffrey, you've got uh, Mendenhall. you got six running backs off the board. <laughs> you look at this dominator, man. It loves the running backs in this FFPC format. Talk to me about the seven pick. What do you do? Uh, I, I can't trust any of those running backs, and whenever I start to hedge, I'd say time to switch positions. So I'm taking Andre Johnson there. Andre Johnson, yep. Very, very safe, very predictable. Going to get you 100 catches, maybe not a 10-touchdown type guy. Has he ever had 10 touchdowns? Uh, I don't know that he has. Did you consider Calvin there? I mean, because Calvin's a guy that can get you, you know, he, he feels like he has the the 15 or 18 type TD season kind of waiting for us one of these years. I know it hasn't happened. We haven't seen the best of Matt Stafford or Calvin, but it seems like he has. He's a he's a much bigger red zone threat. Was was he even a consideration uh, between him and AJ since you were going to go wide receiver? He's right there, but I like I like AJ because aside from Owen Daniels, there's nobody else really as a target, and there's plenty of targets in in Detroit. Well, I hate to give you, uh, you know, I hate to jump in there, Jeff, and uh, trying to give you down the road on that. You know, I think it's, I think it's a pretty good pick. Uh, does the, uh, you know, let's face it, the latter part of the season, uh, you know, they kind of suffered a little bit, and uh, without a running game, uh, do they have Arian Foster that's going to be available for them to, you know, to to get it done to where Andre can open up. I I think that there's enough there. He's he's done less. He's done more with less than that than that offense before. Uh, so you you're all right, Scott. He has never gotten uh, ten touchdowns, but he's gotten eight, eight, nine, and eight in the last four years. So that's that's pretty consistent. Um, 
I'm safe with him. I, you, we've seen what Fitzgerald's done with nobody throwing in the ball and nobody on the other side last year. Andre Johnson is going to be fine. Owen Daniels will help open up things underneath. I think Andre Johnson's a nice, safe pick. His buy is nice and late, so you can figure out what to do with week 11 buys. I think he's a good, solid pick. And with his buy being where it is, you can go ahead and target other wide receivers if you want to go wide receiver, wide receiver on the way back. All right, Mikey. Uh, you've got the eighth pick here, one wide receiver off the board. Johnny uh, took Rashard Mendenhall, which I really like that pick. There's a lot of guys that are high on him, especially with that schedule. Uh, what do you do with the What do you do with the eighth pick here, bud? Mike Trent. Yo. What do you do with the eighth pick, bud? <laughs> oh, Mike. Uh, where's my buzzer? Where's my buzzer meter, man? Where is the buzzer meter? Back value at the two three turn. 
Uh, personally, no. I would I would never take a wide receiver at one. I do it too hard. I just think it's too hard to build a team uh, after that. Um, uh, you know, yeah, I could never see a, a situation where I would. If there's if there was that much uncertainty of the top four or five picks, I would consider doing it. Especially if I really like how the how things would shake out, the you know in the next tier of running backs. But you got to really be confident in your projections for your top twenty-five. Uh, there's always so much turnover at the running backs in the in the first round. You always see maybe half of them are back in the following year, but those wide receivers, they're pretty steady. They're steady, Eddie Mike. Uh, have you ever done anything like that, Mike Trent? Have you ever taken a wide receiver that early because of the tr- the turnover year to year? I mean, who was the number one pick in the draft last year? It was uh, it was Chris Johnson? Was he a was he a top five back last year, or would you have rather had uh, Andre Johnson? Yeah, you know what? Uh, last year it seemed like Andre Johnson was a uh, premier pick to, uh, to go ahead and take, and uh, you know I, I'm scared to take uh, wide receivers uh, that early. I, I really am. I, that's just the way I've gone about uh, working it. So uh, I will not do it. I will not do it. But uh, then again, the way this draft is going, uh, I may go ahead and uh, pull the trigger. All right. Well. We didn't have to wait much longer. Calvin Johnson went with the 10 pick. We've got the 11 pick back up. Uh, John, you're sitting here. Uh, there's, You've got options. You're right here by the turn. You're, you're at the 12 pick. So you can play this 12-guy owner here. If you think he's going to go running back, running back, you grab your running back, and, you know, you take your uh, you take the running back now, and you get your wide receiver later. Uh, what, do you, what would you do here at the 11 pick? Uh I think there's a couple different options you could take. Uh, I, I definitely like a, a, a solid running back here. Um, you could definitely go Roddy White, uh, I think, isn't a bad pick here. But personally, I'd, 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 probably, go, uh, I'd probably go Matt Forte. Oh, okay. Matt Forte. We'll go ahead and grab Matt Forte. Offensive line issues, but he's a reception monster. He looks like wow. he looks like the type of player that was uh, being taken uh, so early in those uh, drafts just a couple years ago. He's so heavily involved. He means so much to that Bears team. What about Marion Barber? Does does he enter into this? Has he changed what you thought of him just you know less than a month ago? I, I don't think so. I think I think Forte is going to have a huge a huge bounce back here. Um, tons of receptions. Uh, the line. You know, issues notwithstanding, uh, I think he's really going to have a good year. I think he's a he's almost a, a lock for maybe top five, top six numbers. And he's going late, which is which is good. All right, we're almost through the first round. We have one pick to go here. Jeff Pasquino, you're on the clock. You got two picks back to back. You're at the FFPC format. No tight ends are off the board. Lots of running backs. And some very good wide receivers. What do you do with uh, two picks back to back, Jeff? Yeah, just to touch on eleven real quick. You really got to try to figure out what's going to be available at the next pick. So you're really kind of picking back to back. I would have gone Nick's there, so I'm taking Nick's on the board right now. He's my guy because wow. there's always a chance. Uh, I think he's he could be the guy that you know. Round, you know, you could see wide receiver, wide receiver at the pick twelve. That's not what I'm going to do though. I'm going to take Darren McFadden here. 
So now I've got a nice blend of uh, running back, wide receiver core. I can do whatever value falls to me, tight end, quarterback, running back, or wide receiver at the 3-4 at the turn. So, Jeff, you, uh, team construction is obviously important to you. You made you made reference to it. You didn't want to get caught on a run or anything like that. It's very hard to turn down a player like Roddy White, who's a sure thing, a definite lock for a guy like McFadden, who has had injury problems in the past. They have Michael Bush. They drafted a burner in Taiwan Jones. Uh, obviously, McFadden is the most valuable player on, on the team, um, but I think what won out for you was it didn't matter what other receiver was there. You were gonna you were gonna take a running back wide receiver combo. Yeah, and I don't like White this year. I think Julio Jones is gonna cut into his targets, and he's not. I, I see nothing but downside by taking White at the you know the top fifteen picks. I think he's a he, he's a wide receiver one for sure, but he's a late uh, round two for me. Okay, well this is a no brainer. I don't have to ask you guys this. Roddy White definitely gets taken by the Matt Forte guy there. He has to get a wide receiver of that caliber. Um, if, if you wanted uh, to, to reach and go with a Mike Wallace or something, you could. He's still there. Um, but pretty much those are the only guys that are really in the consideration right now, unless you're a Hillis lover. I mean, MJD seems to fall in all these drafts. Steven Jackson falls. Gore definitely falls. Uh, we're going to turn it back over to John Haskell, the defending FFPC grand champion, main event champ. John, this team, this 10 team has Calvin Johnson, and you've got a long way back before that 34 pick is uh, back to you. So what would you do here? Well, you know, Hillis is still out there, and uh, and I am one of the guys that doesn't think he's going to have a fall-off here. Uh, I think he's going to, at the very least, come close to his numbers last year. So uh, I'd go Hillis here. The dominator also talks about a huge drop in value. Jeff, do you know how this thing works? It talks about drop value here. And it says 73. Talk. Do you, do you know how that works? So you can explain it to the uh, listeners. Yeah, it's looking out there in the front, and it's it's projecting how many guys are going to be picked by the time the next time uh, next time you get on the clock. So it's thinking this 15 running backs are going to go up the next time. So by the if you don't take a running back here, by the time you get around to your next turn, if you try to take a running back there, you're going to lose 60 points. Uh, it's quite a tool to be able to use the draft dominator at the drafts. Uh, I know a lot of guys swear by it. You know, there's always this one guy, a good friend of ours, that's in our local league up here. And every year, man, he brings the draft dominator, and he takes the full two minutes on the clock until there's like five seconds left, and he takes the top guy on the dominator, man. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen. When he just, we know who he's going to take. We've already guessed it. We've already got it queued up. You know what's going to happen. And he takes the full time to think about it, and then at the end of the day, goes with the Dominator. It's all the way through, like, the first ten rounds. I mean, I kid you not. Dustin, we love you, buddy. Okay. Uh, Mike Trent, Larry Fitzgerald was the first pick. you got to like this pick by Lance. I'm, I'm really high on Fitz. If there was anybody I would consider besides Calvin, I think it would be Fitzgerald. I've got him Calvin 1, Fitzgerald 2, Andre 3 this year. Uh, Mikey, what do you do? You get one of these running backs, right? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get a running back. And, uh, you know, I got to thank uh, Frank Gore. I mean, you know, I'm going, uh, you know, I'm looking at MJD and Steven Jackson. But Frank Gore, uh, you know, he was hurt last year toward the tail end of the year. But uh, this team's going to be fine. I'm, I, I love Frank Gore in this spot. Jeff, I'm a little impressed with Mike Trent's uh, drafting prowess here. Does that look about like the pick you would make there? 
Yeah, I like I like Gore this year. Yeah, he, Mike even Mike couldn't even Mike couldn't even screw that one up. <laughs> well, hey, he did land. He had a great draft, by the way, in the Kentucky State Fantasy Football Championship. Mikey uh, had another very solid draft. I'm telling you, this guy's draft has dramatically improved this year. From the six hole, he he gets Ray Rice to fall to him at the six hole. I don't know what kind of league he was in. That didn't take any kind of skill to take, right? He just the, he got out the value net and it fell in his lap. He takes Ray Rice at six. He does come back and take MJD in the second and Peyton Hillis in the third. And I'm like, man, you took three running backs right off the bat. What kind of receivers did you get? He got Mike Williams from Tampa in the fourth, Brandon Lloyd in the fifth, and Drew Brees in the sixth. So, Mikey, not bad, buddy, not bad. You had a lot of value fall to you in that draft. You did well with it. Yeah, it, it really wasn't that hard, Scott. I mean, it was really, it was like, well, what the heck? I mean, I might as well go ahead and take these players while I, while I can get them. And, uh, you know, I forgot to uh, talk on Marshawn Lynch in the eighth, uh, Mercedes Lewis tight end in the ninth, C.J. Spiller in the tenth. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, I like the, I like the Spiller pick there late. Okay, Johnny Haskell, uh, Arian Foster at eight. A lot of risk with that pick. If you're this guy, which I, I don't know if you would be, but if you were the guy that took Foster in the first round, what do you do to compensate for this big-time risk you just took in the first round? Yeah, I, I, you know, you want definitely got to back him up, I think, uh, just in case he doesn't pan out. I think wide receiver is deep enough this year where, where you don't have to go for a wide receiver here. So uh, I, I think I'd follow it up. Uh, um, just looking. Jeez, um, so, you know what? I don't know. I'd have to go with. Uh, uh, I think with uh, D'Angelo. I think with uh, Jonathan Stewart's injury, um, that Achilles is never good. I, I think you're going to see D'Angelo. Uh, I'll carry the ball a lot. All right. D'Angelo Williams, Johnny Haskell, the FFPC main event champion. The, the listeners have got to be kind of scratching their head a little bit trying to figure out that pick because it seems like, you know, if there's a Stewart injury that, that takes him out, you know, indefinitely, that would that makes a lot of sense. But it seems like once that gets back, I mean, $50 million, that kind of tells you that uh, they want they want him to carry the load. Yeah, they're going to pay him that kind of money to set or to, or to, you know, let Mike Goodson, you know, take a bulk of the carries. Uh, I really don't think Stewart's going to bounce back, uh, you know, the greatest from that from that Achilles. It seems like we have 10 or 11 guys go down already um, in preseason with Achilles injuries. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a good year. Okay, uh, Johnny, uh, Jeff. By the way, uh, Johnny just took D'Angelo Williams. Can you can you tell us about what, what you think about D'Angelo there? Uh, it's obviously I'm looking at the running backs and I'm kind of like throwing him in that same bucket like John did. I think he's a good pick. I think he'd be better value if you hoped he came back in the third, which sometimes he does. Um, I might have gone in a different direction if I had already gambled on the running back. You know, go big or go home. I probably would have gone on a V-Jacks there just to kind of balance out the roster. If you know, if I again, if I can't. There's not a guy that's jumping out to me. If I got four or five in a tier, why did I take? Why do I go into that tier when I can hope that one of those guys is still there next time around? So I would have probably gone in a different direction there. 
I can't fault the pick, though. I like D'Angelo this year. And a late bye week, too. So uh, uh, we've got Russ in the chat room. We've got Lance getting ready to make a pick here. He's he's debating between, it looks like, Vincent Jackson and Maurice Jones-Drew to pair with this Andre Johnson pick. You've got a safe player. You've got the top uh, wide receiver in the game. It'll be interesting to see what Lance does here. I uh, still uh, contemplating and thinking. You know, uh, Mike Trent, you've got Vincent Jackson here. You've got uh, Greg Jennings, Mike Wallace. I, I like. I, for me, it's between Vincent Jackson and Mike Wallace. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love uh, Vincent Jackson. The way he's coming to camp. I mean, he's feeling good about things, and uh, Mike Wallace looks good as well. But uh, you know. I, I, I don't think you can go wrong with uh, Vincent Jackson. This team, this San Diego team, I mean, they really mean business this year. And the reason I say that is because they're, they're they've got basically a three-headed monster at running back, and uh, they're going to open it up and they're going to have some fun with it. So, uh, you know, I think Vincent Jackson is he's going to reap the rewards. All right, well, he went ahead and took Maurice Jones-Drew. Again, the knee sounds fine. Rashad Jennings uh, is a a total mystery right now. Uh, Andre Johnson, Maurice Jones-Drew. Jeff, it it is very interesting to see the fall of grace uh, for Maurice Jones-Drew to be drafting this late uh, in the FFPC format. I mean, it's the 2-6. That's the 18th best player in MJD. I mean, he's... He's been a bowling ball his entire career. You would think that uh, he can tough this thing out. You would think, but he played hurt last year, and the offense, the passing game is getting worse by the day. Uh, the wide receivers just can't stretch the field. They're going to put nine in the box. All the, oh, the rest of the division is, is pretty good on defense or getting better. I, I would have gone Steven Jackson there. That's just my own take. I think it's, a, it's an emerging offense. you got a stud running back there, good in PPR. That's the guy I would have taken there. All right, well, Maurice Jones-Drew is off the board. Rashard Mendenhall was the sixth-pick uh, first draft selection. With the second draft selection, Ryan McDowell, uh, the, the commissioner of all of the hyperactive leagues and a member of the, of the Fantasy Players Association uh, board, uh, he takes Vincent Jackson with the uh, 18th, what is that, 19th pick overall. Vincent Jackson looks like a monster every time you see him play. Uh, John? What do you think of the Vincent Jackson pick there? I like that pick. I really do. I think uh I think Vincent's gonna have a great year. Um a full year finally. Um you know, nothing with good things coming out and uh paired up with Mendenhall. Um that, that's a nice one two starter. All right, we've got Vincent Jackson off the board. Jeff, I'm gonna go ahead and give you this pick. I know you're just itching to make this next pick here. You can't you can't believe this guy continues to fall. <laughs> yeah, Steven Steven Jackson is definitely in the pick. Absolutely. I mean I know running back, running back is kinda of old school there, but you know, there's gonna be the wide receiver tier is gonna be pretty deep coming around the corner. I can start up to four of them. Uh Steven Jackson's gonna get uh, plenty of he's he's playing the Marshall Falk role in, in an offense that's going to throw the ball a lot, and we, we've talked earlier that you know Bradford's going to throw for six thousand yards and fifty touchdowns. So I think Jackson gets a piece of that. All right, Ryan McDowell did want to comment on the, his selection of Vincent Jackson. He said, "Look, he wants a wide receiver to pair with Mendenhall. He's a top option in a great offense. You know, that's the bottom line. That's that's plain and simple, good drafting logic there." Uh, 
Adrian Peterson was the four pick uh, overall in the first round in this draft. And looking at the players available, I'm going to go ahead and grab a wide receiver here in Mike Wallace. Uh, he's a guy who obviously has uh, all the stats to show that when he gets the ball, he's one of the most dangerous explosive players in the game. The question is with Wallace, how many times will he get the ball? Uh, I, well, at this point, it, it doesn't scare me. I want to see more targets for him. That will lead to more receptions, which will lead to more game-breaking plays and touchdowns. I, I think they know that this is the guy on their team that has to do that. Jeff, do you feel the same way? I like Wallace as wide receiver seven. I think he's definitely a deep threat. I think he's got a good yards per catch. He's definitely a guy who stretched the field. Heinz Ward's declining. Uh, you know, we've talked about Heath Miller, the football guys. He's going to be in the blocking. So yeah, you're looking to see a lot more targets for the top three or four wide receivers, especially the top two. And Big Ben's going to be there all year. Uh, he's a very stable, very solid quarterback to target, you know, in round six uh, when you get down that far. I love Wallace there. Mikey, you wanted to say something about Wallace. Go ahead. Yeah, that was kind of interesting because, uh, Scott, the way you uh, talked about it, was like, well, I think I'll take Wallace, and uh, I'm not so sure. You know, there was some uh, reservation there uh, the way you uh, the way you want to take him. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's a good pick, but uh, I think you had somebody else in mind, and uh, that's what uh, that's what boggled my mind a little bit. No, I think Mike Wallace was definitely the play. You know, when I was watching in Kentucky, I, I was kind of keeping my eye on all the drafts, and I was seeing Wallace routinely go right around that. That uh, one-two turn. I mean, it, it wasn't like the guys did not want to let let that guy fall at all. If, if he's a target guy and you're around the turn, you have to take your target guy because you won't get him on the way back. There's no chance of it. So otherwise, you're just going to follow ADP all the way down your draft board. So when anytime you're on the end, you just have to get the two guys that you want that know that you know will not be there when you get back to the next turn. That's how you have to draft from the from the turn. Otherwise. You just end up with an ADP team. When you get home, you look at these guys, and you're like, this isn't my team. Yeah, I just followed the draft board. So, okay, we're going to move on. Chris Johnson was the three pick here. He is. He has signed. He's obviously going to be back in option, probably going to be a little rusty. Uh, what do you do here, John? Uh, you got Chris Johnson. What do you do? You're getting kind of a dicey area here. You can go. You could go. Uh, you could go Jennings, which I don't think is a bad pick. Um, I'm not really as high on him as, as I think a lot of people for the year. Um, I think it might be a little too early for for Jared Best or, or Sean Green. I, I think I'd go with uh, with Jennings here. All right, Jennings. Great kid. Yep. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Jeff. Break that pick down. Greg Jennings, uh, Aaron Rodgers' top target, or is he number two in that offense? That's a solid pick, and I think it. it, it I think he gets plenty of targets. Whether he's a top target, I think he is a top target there. I think that Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to target him. They're going to throw the ball a lot. They have questions in the ground game. Greg Jennings stretches the field. I think that Jennings is a very stable pick. End of a tier there for me with a wide receiver eight off the board. All right. You know, it's interesting. None of the tight ends have went off the board. It's got to be a consideration. I know everybody's saying it, and I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. I've been telling the high stakes guys, this is the year you wait on quarterback and tight end. Don't be that first guy. Be the last guy at both positions 
and fill your depth up. You've got to make it through injuries this year. These guys did not have as much time to practice and get ready and prepare. Um, you've got to be ready for bye weeks. The bye weeks have some definite complications this year with the way they cluster them all together. Uh, you've got to have the depth to survive this format. And the question is at the tight end, are the elite tight ends that much head and shoulders above the good tight ends, the good to great guys, anywhere from 5 to 12, are they that much better that you could, you know, have to take a tight end this early? So, John, I turn that question over to you. You obviously had a team that won the whole thing last year. What were your tight ends in this format last year? Uh, I had Jason Witten, uh, who obviously at the end of the year when it counted uh, with uh, with Kitna just blew up. Uh, he was getting me 25, 30 points um, down the stretch. Uh, I, I think he's going to do the same thing this year. Um, I think he's the most uh, safe of the top-tier tight end picks uh, that we have, uh, and, and I, think, uh, I think I'd put him first overall. All right, we've got Lance, betting man, uh, sports betting man here, just took Miles Austin off the board. He said, Miles, over all the tight ends, 50% or early of the tight ends seemed to bust, seems like a waste. He went Finley and Gates last year at the 3-4 turn and had neither in the Super Bowl. Add in Clark, Dallas Clark, et cetera. So uh, Miles Austin at the turn uh, goes to the Jamal Charles owner. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about the Miles Austin pick real quick, just for a second. Des Bryant's there, and I don't know how early he's going to go in these drafts. I predict that he's going to go somewhere in the late third, early fourth round in some of these drafts, maybe as late as the middle of the fourth when it, when push comes to shove. The guy looks flat-out dominant, I mean, to the point where I'm considering reaching and going for him if the wide receivers are gone like in this draft. I don't want Bo here. I don't want Marshall here. Uh, I don't want Reggie Wayne here. I would consider a guy like Des Bryant here because I have to have a wide receiver on this turn. You cannot go. You have to have one in the first three picks. No, yeah, you do I, not. Uh, I, no, I agree. I think you, you uh, Des Bryant. I, I think he's a. I think he's got top ten upside. Now, you're if you're taking him here, you're not taking him with very much room for upside. But I completely understand the logic of having to grab a wide receiver here. But you could go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver at four or five. But at this point, then you'd be gambling. You're basically grabbing. You know, I wouldn't force a pick at any point in time because the value is going to be there at wide receiver. But you've, I really think that you really need two of the top 20 wide receivers to be really strong this year. I mean, all right, how many times have we seen the uh, the depth of wide receivers? I mean, it is really, I mean, it's really that deep. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you can take what you want to take, but uh, wide receiver depth is really big this year, so uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I disagree after the top 20. The top 20 is a different tier. Is it's that right? The, the two picks are in the books. Russ Steele, our good friend, uh, another high-stakes veteran, takes Felix Jones Ooh. at the 12 and Javid Best. Um, well, Mike, we've talked fun. a lot about, about both of these guys. So, Mike, I'll start with you. What do you think of the combination of Ray Rice, Felix Jones, and Javid Best to start your draft? Well, I'll tell you what. He's, he's pretty much loaded at running back. Uh, 
And, you know, he's he's probably thinking along the same lines that I am that uh, why not, you know, just uh, let's go ahead and grab these running backs because the uh, the wide receivers, we're going to get some second-tier wide receivers available uh, on the turn, and, and I bet he goes uh, – I bet he goes that direction, but uh, that's that's a pretty good start. What all I right, notice well, is that what I notice is that he just went. He, he married his his all of his buys to week five, so he's punting on week five. Yeah, well, two two buys on week five. Tommy Best is week nine, and he says Russ says in the chat room because he sees all sorts of that wide receiver value at the next turn, and that has held true pretty much to form that four or five turn. You're looking at guys. Like per- Percy Harvin, uh, possibly Mario Manningham. I don't. I don't think he'll fall that. Uh, he will, don't think he'll fall that far. Possibly a Steve Johnson. Uh, and those types of players have been routinely falling at that four or five turn. And it does make for some interesting uh, decisions. Now look, I'm, I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just get Aaron Rodgers off the board because I, I think there's always that guy in the draft that does take the quarterback and and. It has to come sooner or later. Jamal Charles, Miles Austin, Aaron Rodgers, there's nothing wrong with starting off that. There's a lot of question marks here around a lot of players uh, left, but there's no question marks about Aaron Rodgers. He's got all of his weapons back. He's the Super Bowl champion, maybe the ascending number one player in all of football this year. So taking Aaron Rodgers, not a big risk here. John, you're up at the three-pick, buddy. Chris Johnson. And Greg Jennings were the first two picks by this team, a running back and a wide receiver, so you can pretty much do whatever you want. Uh, the tight ends are all there, uh, and lots of uh, lots of things to choose from. Yeah, let's go ahead and shake it up. Uh, like I said before, I think Witten's a pretty safe pick. Um, I think he's a lock for uh, for an excellent year, so uh, we'll take Witten here. That's your boy. You got to support your guy. You got to take a, a, a soft soft place in your heart for Jason Witten. You, you, you got to wear a Witten jersey to the draft or something. I mean, that's, who was your yeah. MVP last year? Was it Foster or Hillis? Uh, who was your MVP? Uh, it would have been Vic and McFadden. Okay, Vic and McFadden. Yeah, you get you get those two guys. Uh, tremendous values. Uh, McFadden, you drafted what tenth, eleventh round or something? Uh, ninth. Ninth round, I took my friend. And what did you have to bid on Michael Vick? Because blind bidding is the uh, is the way that the high stakes guys get their players. They don't get them in a waiver wire. They get them in the the blind bidding. How much did you have to bid for Vick? You know, it was like uh, it was only something like three three uh, three oh six or three three ten something like that. Wow. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a ton, and I, and I uh, it, it was the it was after the first week that I bid on him, so. Uh, I think it's pretty high, out. actually. You think that's high, Mike? Yeah, I do. I, I, I really do. Uh, you know, for that type of player, I, you know, in that in that draft slot, uh, you know, it's pretty high. All right, Jeff Pasquino is up on the clock with Adrian Peterson and Mike Wallace. Uh, there's two guys you're looking at here, huh? Yeah, there's two guys, and now I got to decide which one I want with this team. Uh, Talk about them both. Talk well, about them it's, both. It's going to be Michael Vick or it's going to be Des Bryant. It's going to be one of those two. And in this format, I believe we got four for a touchdown, but he had six for rushing. So uh, I already got a stud wide receiver. Um, I got to go Vick here. 
Talk about that offensive line. You uh, you know all about the Eagles uh, with with that offensive line and the and the and the pretty decent play of Vince Young. I know he's a little dinged up. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Vic miss some more time, but uh, that doesn't concern you, huh? Well, I'm uh, I'm not going to go without a strong quarterback too if I got Vic. So I, I know that there's that chance that he's going to get hurt in mid game, but. I'll take those big games whenever I can get them, which Vic's going to provide more often than not, and he's got a great schedule. All right. Uh, LaShawn McCoy and Steven Jackson, this guy still does not have a wide receiver, and none of them are there that uh, really do it. Mike, who do you like to? Who do you you want to take? You talking to me? Yeah, Mike, you're up. No, no, I've got uh, Foster and Gore. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I can take uh, McCoy and uh, Stephen Jackson. If it's, if it's up to me, I'm going. Uh, I got to go Dwayne Bow. Okay, look, Mike. None of we none of us own these teams. We're just, we're all just kind of participating in the in the whole thing, man. So you might you might I might ask you about the fifth pick in the third round. I might ask you about the first pick in the fourth round. You know what I'm saying? It's, you got it right. Yeah, I, I was misunderstanding. I'm 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 sitting there acting like an own team. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. All right, so you've got uh, Dwayne Bowe had a fantastic year. He was BFD's breakout or comeback player of the year last year, and he he didn't really disappoint. He didn't really he did break he did come back, but he did have a stretch where you guys remember Dwayne Bowe last year, Johnny. I know you do. There was a lot of controversy about the high stakes guys. One of the guys dropped Dwayne Bowe because oh, yeah. he just couldn't handle the damn headaches with this guy, and then he all of a sudden explodes for like forty five. Yeah, that was a big deal. I remember that. Uh, our good friend Donnie uh, wasn't happy with that. All you right, know, Ryan. Ryan I'm sorry, John. I, you know, I was kind of uh, I, I was misinterpreting uh, what this draft was, but uh, I got it now. Sorry, Bob. No problem. No problem, man. Uh, Ryan McDowell just took Dennis Bryant finally off the board at three six. And, uh, you know, that's the type of player that I knew was not going to make it back to the 4-5 or five turn, not with the buzz and, the, and and guys wanting to just go for gold. I mean, Jeff, can you make that kind of pick when you're on the clock? Actually, let me let me ask John first. When you've got a guy like Brandon Marshall and Reggie Wayne, proven players, Wes Welker, who you know without a doubt are going to get theirs this year, can you make a pick like that with Des Bryant? Uh, I think with those players available, uh, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I would definitely take uh, Marshall, Marshall or Bo uh, before Bryant. But that being said, you know uh, he's a hell of a talent, and you know if if, if he pops like everybody, you know, is saying he's gonna, uh, he, you know, the value could be there. Okay, we're uh, we've got Arian, Andre Johnson and MJD here on the next turn, and so you know you can do pretty much anything you want. Somebody who's gonna fall in love with your Michael Finley. That's this guy here. He's got one at each position. He takes your Michael Finley, and that's another guy that just, you know, has all the potential in the world. We've seen it year in, year out. This this would be a horrible situation to see this guy get injured again, Jeff. Uh, with all of the potential this guy has and all the flash that he's shown, I heard Greg Jennings say it out of his own mouth. He's the best receiver on our team. And here he is last year with that terrible injury. 
and I, and I heard something about him getting a little dinged up again. Is this guy just going to have this hard-to-shake kind of label of being kind of soft? Uh, until he proves that he can play through injury, then maybe. But I think that he's got enough athletic uh, ability that he's he knows that he's going to be asked to really contribute this year. And I think he knows the expectation's been raised. So I think he's going to be a big contributor this year. And, and he's definitely going to step up and be basically the second target on that team, which is a big deal. Karrion Foster and D'Angelo Williams were with one of the eight picks here, guys. Uh, the eight pick has two running backs. He definitely can't go three. That's that's a little too much to ask anybody to do. Um, he's got Brandon Marshall. He's not real high on that. He's got um, – He's in this spot. He's on the clock. He's looking at his team. He's like, dang it, this is what, when you go RB, RB like this, the value is at the RBs. Uh, the wide receivers, he's not really falling in love with any of these guys. Is there anybody here, uh, Johnny, that stands uh, out to you? Oh, Mike, go yeah, ahead. You can, wait. you can wait. You can wait on those uh, wide receivers, Scott. I'm telling you, you can go uh, running back again. Yeah, I would go running back again. Absolutely. But Derek Blunt. So you pick. You yeah, make, I, you I, I got to agree with that. I go Bradshaw. Why would you go blunt over Bradshaw in a PPR league? I, I would go blunt over Bradshaw because uh, the only reason is because, uh, uh, I mean, it's just a it's a three headed monster there in uh, in in New York. I would go I would go blunt easy. He's a man. Is there any risk, uh, Jeff? Uh, have you been hearing anything about maybe somebody being signed in Tampa, somebody that's going to get cut here that maybe gets picked up in Tampa as a third down back or specialist? No, I think they're going to go with a, either a rookie in Bradford or, or I think they're going to probably go with um, uh, uh, Ernest Graham on third down, which it seems kind of strange to me. But uh, I, I think that – Blunt is your guy on first and second down, sure, but Bradshaw with his big playability and PPR value, uh, I, I agree with the, I agree with the dominator. I would go Bradshaw or Bush over Blunt right here. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll go ahead and get Bradshaw off the board then. Make your strength stronger. Three running backs off the board. Team nine has a wide receiver and a running back. Here's where I start to peek at the turn. I start to peek at the turn and see what have they got? What are they going to do? Well. They're all very balanced. They could all go any direction. Doesn't really help you any. So now you come back and look at your draft board and you say, give me the best player available. Uh, the quarterbacks, the top two quarterbacks are gone, so you're not looking there. There's running backs available and there's wide receivers available. Um, none of the wide receivers, again, are screaming at me, so I think you still continue to gobble up these guys. Uh, Ryan Matthews did look nice, and Lance is on the clock, and he says Ryan Matthews. So it's kind of wow. a surprising because he hasn't shown much, he has had an injury label, but that team is primed for a very good season. They were, they, they're primed every year for a good season, and when you're in that offense, you have the I, – I read, I saw a stat where they have one of the best – or they had the best, uh, the top two running backs, most efficient inside the red zone. It was – number one was Ryan Matthews. Number two was Mike Tolbert. In the entire league, most efficient running backs inside the red zone per touch, per touch. That's the thing. They didn't get a lot of touches. But you realize when you hear that statistic that it's not just the player. It's the system. It's the coaching. It's the scheme. It's the talent of the O-line. It's a little bit of everything. So 
I, I don't. I don't fault yeah, Ryan Matthews. I've been preaching that a long time, Scott. I mean, you know, it, it, systems. Uh, you said the perfect word. It's a system that uh, makes it work, and uh, you know, I, I'm really shocked at uh, how uh, after that pick of a mob Bradshaw, and uh, I, I'm surprised because uh, Brandon Jacobs, he's he's going to be knocking on doors. You're, you're right. Brandon Jacobs is going to be a threat. Now, look, Lance in the chat room said the Ryan Matthews TD last game raised his ADP at least half a round. And you know what? He's right. That's how one play in the preseason does. Uh, you get you see something like that, and that's what happens. So here's what I'm going to do with this pick. I'm going to do something because we see it every draft. Somebody does something that's just a little unconventional, and you're like, wow, that's a reach. Wow. Well, here's the reach. Tim Hightower. Uh, our good friend John Duckworth of the Big F and Dynasty show, he took Tim Hightower in two different leagues last week in the third round, uh, early third, 3-4, 3-5 range, and felt very good about it. Those types of guys are sitting at your table, and they're either right or wrong, indifferent, whatever. It happens in every draft. So I, I just went ahead and threw that one out there. I also am going to go ahead and speed this along a little bit and get a Reggie Wayne pick in there because, look, at, at the end of the day, this guy, Peyton Manning or no Peyton Manning, he's probably going to be the leading target on the team, if not Dallas Clark. Plus, there's a lot of guys that say, grab your Colts. And so I'm going to go ahead and just take him off the board. I don't think he falls too much further than that. Uh, Jeff Pasquito, I'm going to give you the turn picks here. Hockey, Nick, Darren McFadden, you did such a good job with the first turn. I'm going to go ahead and give you the second turn. Uh, I'll take Antonio Gates for sure. That's not even a question. Um, he's just, uh, he was a stud when he was healthy, and he'll be probably the number one tight end this year. Um, I'll look at uh, I'll probably, I'll take Reggie Bush again. We have action scoring. There's a chance that he runs back a kick as well, but he's going to be getting a lot of touches and a lot of PPR value. And now look at my buys; they don't match at all. So I got good strength across the board. Okay, my uh, Jeff, you would take Reggie Bush here. Uh, what would what would your team look like? If you took Dallas Clark, uh, John, what do you think about a Dallas Clark pick there at the four-one after you secure in Gates? Uh, yeah, I, no, I, I did try that last year uh, on one of the FPC teams, and, and uh, obviously it didn't work out uh, very well. I think if both those guys ever stayed healthy for a whole season, um, that that's a that's a pretty explosive start right there with Nick McFadden, Gates, and Clark, but. Uh, you know, it's kind of a boomer bust type of deal. I actually took uh, uh, Clark in the fourth round in FFPC on Sunday, and I immediately wrote down Jacob Tammy uh, as a mid-teen pick just to make sure I got him, just to make sure. Absolutely. All right, so yeah. we're going to go ahead and put Reggie Bush out here. Uh, he's definitely looking like he's going to be the show there, but I cannot do it. I can't take a guy like Reggie Bush that high when I've got players that are dominant sitting there staring at me. I mean, I know it's a positional thing, and you have to think about team construction when you're on the turn. You don't want to get shut out of running backs. You've got to start at least two. So I hear what you're saying there. When you took Antonio Gates, you forced your hand at the 12 turn. You have to get your RB2 there. That's pretty much why you did it. That's how how I kind of rationalize it. Now, we've got another pick in the chat room. 
um, who was it, uh, Ryan McDowell of the Hyper League, and the FPA board takes Brandon Marshall. He fell way too far here, Mike. Brandon Marshall at 4-2. Yeah. I've seen him in the fourth round routinely. But isn't this a guy that gets you, like, those 15-catch type games and wins you a head-to-head game? These are head-to-head leagues in Vegas. Yeah, you know what? I, I think that's a great pick. But, uh, you know, he's got uh, he's got the one uh, running back with Forte and then uh, Roddy, Reggie, and Brandon. I mean, that that is solid. The next pick is something that I cannot believe that Team 11 didn't go ahead and take. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, I mean, that was right there for him. You know, he could go ahead and get another wide receiver later, but, uh, you know, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, would you rather have LeGarrette Blunt or uh, Brandon Marshall? I'm going to throw that out there, guys. LeGarrette Blunt or Brandon Marshall in round four? Jeff, that was for you, bud. (laughs) I, I would take Marshall. In the PPR league, right. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Marshall, but I can. Uh, I, there's, you know, in, in a league like this with flexibility and versatility, I, I still want to take a, a high end wide receiver versus a, a running back that I know is going to get yanked on third down and not get any catches. Okay. All right, so we took the Garrett Blunt. We're running out of time here, guys. It's been a fantastic exercise. I want to go ahead and run through a couple of picks here. Michael Turner at 4-4. This is the guy that was just being drafted. This is the exact same running back that was being drafted at 1-5, 1-6, 1-8, and everybody's like, that's too early because he doesn't catch the ball, but he, he still performs. So to see him at 4-4, I would hate to have to take him, but to see him in the fourth round, it's ridiculous value. So I'm going to go ahead and take Sean Green here. He has to go here. Mark Ingram has to go. Uh, guys like Mike Williams start to go, Wes Welker, uh, you know, some of these. Uh, let, let me grab a, a tight end here, Dallas Clark. You know, these are the types of picks you start to see. Brady. As we approach. Who? Brady. Brady, yep. Well. Let's get Brady out of the way. I just wanted to get back to this, uh, this turn here, this 4-5 turn, because that was what Russ was talking about. I wanted to see what kind of wide receivers fell. He needs an he he needs an RB two here to tick the the two team. He's, he's got to get one of these guys. So, um, well, I don't know. Well, uh, let's go well. So let's see what happens. He started three one running backs from the number one pick, and what happens? He ends up with Anquan Bolden, Antonio Holmes, Steve Johnson, Mario Manningham, Percy Harvin. That's a tremendous amount of value for that one pick. John, looking at this. At the one pick, would you consider a three running back start? Oh, absolutely. Boy, I'll tell you what, I I, I don't think so. I mean, you, you almost have to go wide receiver here. All right, well, that's what we're talking about, Mike. We're talking about starting the draft, three yeah. running backs because of the tremendous value. Jeff, what do you think of that strategy? Three running backs come back with two wide receivers. I, I, again, you don't force position with the values there, the values there, and the running backs through there, and the wide receivers came back. I mean, we're not even talking about Macklin, who's still going to be there, too. There are a lot of wide receivers there available to run in round five, six, and seven. Oh, a ton of wide receivers. Look at this value. John Jackson, Percy Harvin, Mario Manningham, Steve Johnson, the list goes on and on. We didn't we didn't say Macklin. Yeah, we, we, we could definitely grab Macklin. Uh, Throw up the tight ends or quarterbacks uh, for that team one. 
I don't know, man. It's a good squad. Hey, well, this was a lot of fun. A good tune-up for Vegas. John, I'll see you uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Jeff, thanks for always being a part of it. We'll we'll have to get you on next week to talk about that quarterback article. Link to it in the chat room so they can hear it. And, uh, Mike, it's always a blast having you on the show, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, Jeff and John. Thanks, Scott. Sure thing, guys. guys. I appreciate it. Have fun in Vegas. We'll do it, guys. guys. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.